Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Happy Friday to you. I hope that you're having a good day. I am having a very interesting day myself, and I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Bible News Radio. It's free for all Friday! Yay! Which means what? Well, it means pretty much that we can talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. And so, as a result, I want to let you know that if you have comments or questions during the show, feel free to let us know. We'll go ahead and we will uh, address those as uh, possible. But our lead story is this. Spencer's, Spencer Gifts sells a Let's Summon Demons t-shirt, as well as a Let's Sacrifice, Sacrifice Toby t-shirt. And so the question is, would you actually buy this if you're a Christian? That is the question. So that's going to be one story among however many others we, we actually eventually get to during the show. So if you don't mind, do me a favor and share this out. Today's Bible verse comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. It says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And I actually, you know, in the in the spirit of, you know, praising people who do kind things, I have to say that today I actually had my friend JR buy me lunch because uh, he celebrated my birthday with me. Me and uh, my friend David and my other friend Mike, we all went out to lunch. And it was kind of funny, actually. I don't know if you've ever had anybody inadvertently order more food than they expected, but that's kind of what happened. <laughs> and JR was so sweet. He was so kind. He went ahead and paid for it anyway. It was kind of funny, actually. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, I don't know about you guys, but I've had a very super busy day. And I'm looking forward to spending this next hour with you, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Periscope. Uh, Twitter, or if you're listening to the audio archive of our show, you can actually do that as well, anywhere. So, just thought I'd share that with you. Oops, wait a minute, I can't do that. <laughs> and now it's over. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, this is what happens when you're doing everything. All right, so hey, let me uh, go ahead and share this out over on... YouTube, no, Facebook. I'm going to share this on Facebook. There it is right there, right? I'm going to hit like. I'm liking my own show, people. <laughs> and I'm going to share this. There there I am. I'm sharing it. Wait, hold on. I got to cancel. Okay, so this is Free For All Friday. And this actually fits in with the topic Randall and I were talking about on the way home from our trip this week. And that was how 
evil today is glorified um and how how clever you know the devil is the devil's smart you know he's been around for a super long time and you know he does he he has cleverly gotten the church to be able to uh participate in evil things while glorifying it and making it good looking and that's what's so deceptive about it in fact i was telling randall um and randall can testify that i told him this i was telling him isn't it interesting how there is a whole genre of movies under the horror thing right isn't it interesting how people will go see movies like Friday the 13th and Slasher and, you know, all these other gory movies, and they'll go intentionally to be scared. They'll watch, they'll watch shows that, that glorify murder, you know, and even play games, you know, having to do with murder. Hey, BJ. And other things, and not think a thing of it. And I'm not judging you if this is you, okay? I mean, just saying, I'm not, I'm really not. But it's so amazing how deceptive the, the devil has made. He glorifies death. He glorifies destruction. He glorifies all the things of the flesh that God, you know, is opposed to, right? And yet we're like, hey, whatever. You know, in fact, one of my, um, one of my big shocks and surprises when I moved here to Middle Tennessee was from Southern California. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, just saying. You know, when, when I moved from Southern California to middle Tennessee, in my mind, I was like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm going to the land of flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to the promised land, you know, the buckle of the Bible belt, the buckle of the Bible belt. I'm, I'm going where there's Christians and it's conservative. Anyway, then when I showed up here. And got ripped off promptly by a Christian who was doing our house and screwed over by a guest on my show who's a Christian and her Christian guy and all this other stuff, all this Christian, you know, abusive stuff, you know, that was kind of sad. But then the other thing that was really, really shocking to me and very, very surprising was around Halloween time, all of a sudden, I was driving around. And these houses, which I'm sure most of them are Christians, live in, were decorated, like with witches flying around and ghosts and, and cemeteries and, you know, their front yard and other things like that. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And then, you know, I thought, oh, this, just, this has to be a fluke. This is just a fluke. You know, ah, maybe it's just one year they, they're doing this. I've been here almost six years, you guys, and it gets worse every single year. And so it's, it, it, and, and yet there's these people, they, they see nothing wrong with it. Uh, let's glorify witches. Yeah, let's do that. Why not? Are you aware that there are covens in every single city in this country that are praying against the churches in your neighborhood and they are casting spells and various things against the real Christians in the area, trying to promote their wicked darkness. Are you? Or do you not believe in, in the devil and, and the unfruitful deeds of darkness? And you don't believe in the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And yet Christians today are magnifying the darkness. And they well, get offended when well, they're just, walking in the light. It's like, well, 
they're just decorations. You know, it's like Christian yoga. You know, it's 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 the physical part without embracing the spiritual part. We can <laughs> we can put up the tombstones and you know, the witches and the goblins and grotesque figures and stuff like that without actually buying into Satan worship. Well, which then raises... I, I'm being facetious, I, I know, but then that raises the question. Is it is it wise for the church to do, quote, alternative to Halloween? Okay, I'm going to get on my Trunk soapbox. Treat, Wait, hold on. Harvest Festival? Yeah, because basically... Okay, so what's different about a Harvest Festival versus Halloween? Look, okay, they're giving, they're having kids dress up. Oh, but it's in nice Sometimes they, yeah, restrict the costume. They're, they're giving candy, which is poison, right? We all, we all know that. Candy is not good for you. It's evil. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they, they give candy, you know, and, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those old fogey people. Hey, I got an email from AARP yesterday. <laughs> I just have to admit yeah and it said something about now that you're over 50 you you are like super old and no what was have... the <laughs> i don't know something after 50 a website <laughs> better that... after 50 it was on so it was funny i have to pull it up but it basically said it was addressed to my dad at my email and it said something to the effect of now that you're 50 this is a positivity website because yeah. after 50 life goes downhill <laughs> didn't say that i didn't quite but... say this way but it did give a it did have a picture it had a section of pictures um positive pictures yeah and and the pictures themselves you know it was it was a picture of a dog licking a little kitten on the head oh what's, what's more so sweet. positively precious than that. i know it was and then there was this playstation of different music and of course i clicked the 70s and 80s because that's you know kind of when i grew up and I clicked play, and it was playing Africa, one of my favorite songs by Toto. Rains <laughs> down in Africa. I thought, what are the odds that that would be the song it starts playing? Because that's like one of my favorite songs. It's like my altered state state of consciousness song. Well, Google's I... been listening to you <laughs> over the years, <laughs> and knows how often you play it from YouTube and stuff like that. I'm so. kidding, in part, just so you know. Okay, so was, uh... all right, let's say hi to some people. Okay, we got. Uh, got quite a Hi, few some people. people. We got hi. We got people here in our chat room. Of course, we do. We got our friends. We got Mia, pillar of the community. We got Bobby. We got Marty, another pillar. Patriots United. Yeah, we got Aaron, brand new person to our text message list. We got Melanie, another pillar. Steven, a pillar. Um, oops, wait a minute. Stop that. We got Jason Wallace. Jason, you're still here. That's nice. Jason is a pillar too. Michelle, Kyle, Linda, Testa, Tommy. I don't know who you are, but that's a nice name. <laughs> And Sia, hey, thanks for coming in. Thank you guys for coming in. I appreciate it. And then demons are real. It's not a joke. That's that's actually very true. It, they, you know, I don't have Alexa, which is good, but I have a phone, which you know we can share. Did we share that on here? I um, can't remember. Anyway, thank you. We all talked for about inviting. it. Well, during the interview we played with um, Jan Markell yesterday, that was yeah. It was alluded to, but no, we haven't, um, because we listened to. We listened to it while we were Eric Barger's presentation while we were on the road, I believe. Yeah. Well, let's read this article that is, you know, basically the clickbait for this show. Let's just be <laughs> honest; it's clickbait. We already we already know that. Okay, so it's uh, this is over on ChristianNews.net. Um, oh, yeah, and that's the picture. 
That's special. I didn't actually send you that link. You just have to click. I've, I've got it. Okay. And I've got the picture pulled up separately. Okay. So it says here, mall retailer Spencer Gifts sells, quote, let's summon demons and let's sacrifice Toby t-shirts. And there's a video. It says here, a video posted social media informing Christians that mall retailer Spencer Gifts sells t-shirts bearing messages such, such as let's summon demons and let's sacrifice Toby is causing a stir being viewed hundreds of thousands of times. Marcus Rogers, an active Christian and aspiring pastor, as opposed to what a real pastor (laughs) he's an aspiring pastor in chicago uh recently recorded live inside of a shopping mall in illinois after deciding to investigate a post he saw online he provided footage as proof that the store offers shirts that glorify satanism and the occult one shirt available in the store depicts young children listening to vinyl records with the words devil's music sing-along above their heads and horns and a tail on the word quote music unquote Another shirt features a graphic of a boy lying on the ground next to blocks that reads 666 and a black cat as the young girl holds a knife above her head. The t-shirt reads, Activities for Children and Let's Sacrifice Toby. A third shirt bearing the same Activities for Children wording also reads, Let's Summon Demons and depicts a boy lying on a drawing of a pentagram with candles surrounding him. Other children encircle him, including a young girl holding a teddy bear. Roger said that he also noted that there were sex toys in the store and expressed concern that children can walk into the establishment and be exposed to such ungodliness. We're so close to being Sodom and Gomorrah. We're living in a place where just anything goes. Do whatever you want, whatever you feel, he lamented. All I'm going to say is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's not offensive, right? But Christians are offensive. We're the ones with the problem. He said, facetiously expressing bewilderment. I saw it online and I didn't want to believe it. They can sell it in the stores and they've got sex toys and underage kid walking around in there just buying clothes, using cuss words. It's disgusting. Christian News Network confirmed that the shirts are being sold on the Spencer's Gift website and lists all three as bestsellers. The company also features the devilish designs on hats, lanyards, and drinking glasses. Other products referencing Satan or the occult include a t-shirt that simply reads Devil Worshipper and another with a pentagram that says the devil's lettuce, referring to marijuana. According to reports, the Summon Demons and Sacrifice Toby shirts are meant to be humorous and are one of a number of designs from Australian graphic designer Stephen Rhodes. Loosely based on the popular series of exploitive riffs on little golden activity books that have made the rounds on the internet, Rhodes had has taken things one step beyond with his shirt designs but making up alternative or rather alternate scenarios involving young tykes experiencing their first knife fight or ritualistic cult sacrifice, writes the site Dangerous Minds, which refers to the church's or rather the shirts as hilariously deviant retro. I have to tell you, the interview I want to play today, but we're not going to be able to, is actually an interview with a guy named Nathan. And he's 29, and he shared with me that his family was a Christian family, but they were really actually a part of the cult. He murdered somebody when he was six years old as a part of that occultic ritual. And um, anyway, his he wrote a whole book about what happened with his life and how he ultimately came to Jesus Christ. And so this stuff is very, very, very real. So if I understand this article correctly, somebody's already 
poking fun, making fun of the little golden book, little golden activity books. Well, yeah, by doing these these things. Well, uh, apparently, you know, loosely based on the popular series of exploitive riffs on the little golden activity books that made the rounds on the internet. So there's already, I mean, come on, really, little golden activity books. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but they're cute. They're cute. I mean, I mean, those are innocent. Why mess with those? And then, oh well, since people are already exploiting them. Uh, you know, defiling innocence. Let's go a step further and and make it about Satan worship and sacrifices and. Well, ultimately, it's because the devil knows his time is short. Mm-hmm. That I mean, let's just be honest. That's that's the 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 end thing. But anyway, let me go ahead and, and finish reading the article. Other shirts by Rhodes include my first knife fight, and Timmy has a visitor, which features the Grim Reaper standing at the door. Spencer Gifts is stated to additionally operate the Spirit Halloween chain and launched its Spirit of Children program in 2006, which hosts Halloween parties in children's hospitals. Some note that Spencer Gifts' sales of edgy products is characteristic of the store and True. has been for some time. Yeah, I wouldn't but, but Yeah, this isn't the first time. In, tw- in 2015, police in Rapid City, South Dakota, seized sex toys from the Spencer store in Rushmore Mall as concerns were raised that the retailer was operating as an adult-oriented businesses without licensure. The company argued that it does not believe that it needs to register as adult-oriented despite having displays containing sexual merchandise. Rapid City's ordinance requires registration only if sexual merchandise constitutes a substantial or significant portion of its stock. That's interesting. Roger stated in his video, which has generated over 459,000 views as of press time, that if the lost can be that bold and glorifying evil, the church needs to be bold as well in speaking up for Christ. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion, he said. I'm telling you, it's coming. You better wake up and you better pay attention. The late Anglican preacher J.C. Ryle once outlined that Christians should be moved with genuine godly sorrow over sin in the land. This was the mind of David. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved. Psalm 119.158 This was the mind of the godly in the days of Ezekiel. They sighed and cried for the abominations done in the land. Ezekiel 9.4 This was the mind of Lot. He vexed his righteous soul with the unlawful deeds of those around him. In 2 Peter 2.8 This was the mind of Paul. I have great heaviness and continual sorrow for my brethren. Romans 9.2 in all these cases, we see something of the mind of Christ. As the great head feels, so feels the members. They all grieve when they see sin. And yet, so much of the church, unfortunately, is involved in, in the glorification of, of these things. It's really, really sad. And really, I mean, you know, I'm not speechless very often, which you all know. Yeah, because if I was, I wouldn't have a show. <laughs> but uh, I, I am, you know, how do you wake up a complacent church? That's why this interview with Nathan that we, you know, we're going to share with you next week probably. Um, you guys are going to want to see this and you're, you're going to want to get his book because one of the things that he shared with me was how the church is beguiled, you know, and how the darkness, the dark forces within the body of, of believers is there don't ever ever think for a second that there are not satan worshipers witches or any person in the cult in the church that you attend 
And the reason I say that is because the Bible talks about how, you know, there's wheat and tares together and God will in the end separate them. And, um, you know, the Bible also talks about in the book of Jude how in the end times that these men crept in, you know, they crept in and they, they, and they um, introduced their destructive heresies and things like that. We see it all over the church. It, it, and if you have a church that actually glorifies this stuff or affirms it and everything, I would like go, see ya, I'm out of here. Especially if it's some goofy man in leadership who's acting like a teenager trying to be all super cool from the pulpit, um, which unfortunately there's, there's too many of those. So what do you think? Bare face. I know it's not your real name, but well, I mean, we can go back to, um, seems like my mic is louder than yours, but well, it, your, your mic isn't turned up as loud as mine. Interesting. I can, I can turn it up or loud. turn yours up. I can't anymore. It's as loud as it will go. Um, we need to look into that. And mine's kind of loud though. Yeah. I was thinking turning it down some. You want me to turn it down? I can turn it back down. Yeah, that'd be good. How's that? Um, it sounds okay in my head. Maybe it's slightly up from that, but okay, how's check that? one, two. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for the uh, um, distraction there. Anyway, my distraction. But, I mean, we can go back to 1968 with the Rolling Stones song, Sympathy for the Devil. And that was a fifty. That was fifty years ago because I was born in nineteen sixty-eight. Right. That's how we ago. know. Yeah, and and so in pop culture, there's been this increasing making fun of, you know, things. You know, things satan- satanic, demonic, uh, you know, devil worship. It's been made fun of, which is a brilliant plan by the enemy. You know, to make fun of it, make people think it's some kind of a joke, uh, when in actuality, you know, under the covers, behind the scenes, there are plenty of real-life Satan worshippers, you know, committing deeds of darkness in very serious ways. And, and so, so one way it doesn't surprise me, I've seen over the years, and in my 50 plus years on this earth that that sort of thing well all all areas of immorality you know just keep creeping along get more and more intense more and more and more irreverent to uh, a greater and greater acceptance and it usually is not by flaunting the immorality but at first making fun of it making it some kind of a you know Subject of a joke or humor, aka Three's Company, whatever. Right. You know, and then, and that helps to, you know, desensitize masses. And then, so when it comes to, wonder what that clicking was. It's Tug doing something over here. Probably. <laughs> hey, Tug. I'll deal with it. No, pull that away from him. I will. Hold on. You're back. (laughs) Yeah, our dogs interrupt the show every single day. Just so you know, people, deal with it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, anyway. So the glorification of evil. And yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. We've all been suckered into it, right? I mean, how many of you like to watch TV and see cars explode and stuff? 
you know, or, you know, how many of you like, you know, you, you, you like the thrillers, the, the, the murder mysteries. I mean, how many of you ever played the game Clue? Yeah, all well, about a murder. It should be. It should be a sad. It yeah, should be know, a sad right? occasion. It should be <laughs> one of grieving, not a, a game, a board game. And somebody's been murdered. That's tragic. And the who so did it with the lead pipe in the in the whatever it is. Yeah, we've all done it. And so and and again, I could point to so many Bible passages, but I don't expect the world to act anything other than like the world. And so. But I don't, I, I do these days, but biblically, I don't expect the church to act like the world. And, and that's, therein, therein is the trouble. Yeah, which is why I want to remind you guys, this book, Fearless Prayer, is available on our website on the resources page. And this, yeah, this, is. This, is, this is why, seriously, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bold and, and basically... Tell people you need to get this book. It's $15. That includes shipping, okay? If you want to support our show. Uh, we only have a limited quantity, so when they're out, they're out. But um, this is called Fearless Prayer. It's by Craig Hazen, who is a Ph.D. Uh, in uh, Christian apologetics. He teaches at Biola University. And Lee Strobel wrote, Insightful, Inspiring, a Compelling Book. And Lee Strobel is the author of The Case for Christ. Really good book. If you want to support our show? Get this book and start getting yourself prayed up. Okay, I'm going to read the back. It says here, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 15, 7. It says here, You've likely scratched your head over this verse. <laughs> Randall's phone's going off. In another room. Wondering if you should take it literally. Could Jesus have been serious about his over-the-top declaration, can you really ask for anything? If you think these words can't possibly mean what they say, Craig Hazen wants to reveal the astonishing reality of this promise. You'll learn why Christians hesitate to embrace this powerful statement and how you can put it to work in your life for the sake of, king of God's kingdom. According to the Lord himself, asking is the center point of prayer. He wants us to bring our fruit-bearing requests to him Boldly and, and with expectation for the blessing of his answer, he wants to hear our fearless prayer. By the way, this is published by Harvest House Publishers. It's, it's a hardback, and it is a hundred and let's see, I'll tell you how many pages it is. Wait, it's a hundred and approximately sixty-seven pages. Okay, so it's almost two hundred pages. Well, actually, it's almost one hundred and fifty, one hundred and seventy-five pages. Um, but if you want to support, support our work, then go ahead and buy it over at our website. Okay? So it's a good book. Yeah, and I and put we'll the blurb be advertising the, it until it's out. So. Yeah, and I put the blurb in the back of the book on our website, but somehow the, um, the verse from John 17 is not showing. So, so it huh? kind of reads kind of odd. It just, John 15.7, you mean? 15.7, yeah. Yeah. Abide in me and I abide in you. That's right. Anyway, as you were. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. So let's talk to the audience. So okay, you guys in the in the audience, let me ask you something. On a scale of one to ten, ten being uh, like yes to the nth degree or or the highest, let's say, would you admit that you engage in evil activity that really 
you know, you kind of got suckered into it. Let's just put it that way. You know, like putting up Halloween decorations, just as an example. You know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, a, yesterday I shared with you that I've been playing this little uh, video game called Fishdom. And there's a whole Halloween thing in there. Like, <laughs> you can buy, like, these, you know, you earn points, and then you can buy Halloween decorations, and you can decorate your fish tank, you know, with Halloween <laughs> decorations. And I'm like, I'm winning all these points, but I am not going to buy Halloween decorations in this stupid game. And yet, it's really subtle, because it's not subtle to me, but it's, but it is subtle, because it's like, oh, you know, is this engaging in the unfruitful deeds of darkness to want to glorify evil, you know, and death and suffering and all that. I mean, is it? Because... Yeah, I, I wonder if, if we start a campaign to call it Samhain, what it is. That... So, Aaron says, I stopped participating in Halloween about four years ago. Yeah, you know what? I haven't liked Halloween since I got beat up on Halloween. I was wearing a Snoopy costume and mm. somebody beat me up in eighth grade. Um, Not a fan of Snoopy, I take it. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, they, they assaulted what's, me. What's wrong with Snoopy? I mean, <sighs> people. But the, yeah. the other thing, though, is too is is like last year at our house, we have a we have a neighborhood with lots of children that come here. They're all cute, dressed up, really cute. Oh, is it doing anything any harm to anybody? But you know, we shut our lights off and and we're like, nope, we're not gonna give out candy to kids on Halloween. Let us know if they do Christmas decorations on Fishdom. I will. They probably do. And, and again, that would be, you know, well then, is that Christmas the same that is true for Halloween? Is that, is this not also true for Satan, Claus, and are not? Well, you, okay, Halloween is obvious, though, in my opinion, it's Christmas that God is working on me about now. Yeah, well, you know, and that's, that's another issue. That's the whole, um, the, the whole pagan, uh, um, yeah, or, origins of how we celebrate Christmas today. Well, it was it was the Roman Catholic Church and the Holy Roman Empire that sought to merge the two, the pagan world and the state church, state-run church, mm -hmm. by quote right. Christianizing. Get, get my both fingers in here. Christianizing, um, you know, these holidays. You know, the Saturnalian December time, or, you know, the winter solstice celebration. You know, they made it the Christ Mass. And then and then Samhain, the pagan, you know, the Druid devil worship day. Uh, they made November 1st All Saints Day or All Hallows Day. And so the 31st is All Hallows Eve or Halloween. Halloween. Hallows Even. So, um... Yeah, but it's just sticking a label on, you know, like Christian yoga. <laughs> they did. So, yeah, really, Christmas, should we celebrate it? And I know people point to, like in Jeremiah, talks about bringing a tree inside and decorating it and talking about making idols and stuff. And, you know, I think it comes back down to, I mean, yeah, I think Christmas represents the greater danger. Uh, because yeah, it seems it seems Christian. You know, you look at Halloween, you see cemeteries and and demons and you know all that kind of stuff. Witches, you're like, well, duh, it should be duh anyway. But with Christmas, with the Christ Mass, it's about the Christ Child and you know nativity and, and the star and all this. 
but ultimately it's a Christian veneer on on a pagan holiday. So that seems that you're right. That's probably the more insidious of the two. The Christmas one. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is because so many people, um, Christmas, even, even, you know, even if you were to take out all the pagan, you know, stuff there, Christmas is often not about Jesus anyway, yeah. because it's about seeing how much money you can save at those Christmas sales and, yeah. you know, and, and who can get aunt so-and-so a gift and your mom or dad or whoever, you know, and spiking the eggnog and yeah, yeah. And the fruitcake, you know. <laughs> All that. So, I mean, yeah. And, you know, we're going to do some more shows on that. You know, I'm going to be having some guests come come on who actually um, are well more versed on that than I am uh, and all that. I want to switch. I want to – did you see this this article, Randall, over on NBCNews.com? It's titled LGBTQ History Month, Early Pioneers of the Gay Rights Movement. From lesbian (laughs) feminist Rita Mae Brown to sip-in protester Dick Leach. Meet the activists who helped jumpstart the LGBTQ civil rights movement. So, so it was now there's a new history month. Apparently, alphabet soup history apparently month. Apparently, now it's it's yeah. It says here October is LGBTQ history month, and to celebrate, NBC News will feature an NBC Out hashtag Flashback Friday review of key moments in people in LGBT history. Each week's feature will include images from the New York Public Library's LGBTQ archives. This week, we explore the NYPL's portraits of lesbian, gay, and bisexual leaders in the early gay liberation movement. Visit us on October 26th for our spotlight on early transgender pioneers. I wonder if they're going to actually tell, you know, um, about the guy that the the famous surgeon that decided to give the very first transgender surgery and how he basically recanted and more or less said, no way, Jose, I'm not doing this anymore after he destroyed somebody's life. I wonder if they're going to do that. So I wonder if they're going to... Oh, Frank Kameny. Now, this is interesting. Uh, I know this guy, actually. Frank used to listen to our show. Listen to this. Uh, I should send you the link, Randall, here. I'm going to go ahead and... Send it to you. Hold on a second. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and send this to you. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Okay. So now this is interesting. Okay. So I find this very interesting because when you look at LGBTQ history, um, what you never look at is the origins of the abuse or the various other issues that have attached themselves to to the origin of the homosexual or lesbian or bisexual or transgender uh, feelings and thoughts and how that that develops in a person. Frank Kameny uh, says here, one of the earliest gay rights activists, Kameny is known today for protests after being fired from U.S. government job for being gay. He led an, quote, annual reminder picket protest for gay rights in Philadelphia until 1969. He was active in the Machinine Society of Washington, D.C., and he and Barbara Giddings were active in persuading the American Psychiatric Association to delist homosexuality as a mental disorder in 1973. But what you don't know about Frank Kameny is that Frank used to listen to my show. He was a daily listener almost every single day to Janet Parcel's show when she was doing Janet Parcel's America. He would often call in, and he would actually 
try to persuade Janet Parshall, you know, on his point of view. And, of course, he insulted our show numerous times as well. He actually died not too long ago, a couple years ago, unrepentant in his sin. So, you know, he's he now knows the truth about who God is, but um, it's it's tragic. It's so tragic. Anyway, um, these people aren't pioneers. What they are is they're they're unfortunate pawns of the enemy, and that's sad. That's truly sad, you know. And I, if I have one more person who's ignorant on the topic of homosexuality, lesbianism, and and the topic of the gay activist or homosexual activist movement. If I have one more person tell me that I'm an intolerant, hateful bigot, I'm a homophobe, I'm ignorant, I'm a closeted lesbian or whatever, I'm just going to say, really? Because clearly you've never read the book that I've gone through to expose the deception of that movement. Which, by the way, if you're new to the show, this is the book, which is selling for like a super high price now. It's called After the Ball. I have eight hours on YouTube going through this book quoting them showing you how they marketed this to the world and so it's no big it's no big shocker to me that all of a sudden now this community is celebrating the deviants that they're calling heroes which they are they're not heroes they're deviants so it's sad that's what I'm bringing to the table in fact there's another story you guys ready for this one you're gonna love this one Genes linked to being gay may help, may help straight people get more sex. Yeah, listen to this. The largest ever study of genetics and sexual orientation offers a theory about the longevity, long, long, longe longevity, there we go, <laughs> of genes that influence homosexuality. First of all, I have to tell you that if you actually believe the propaganda that there is a gay gene and that... There's genetics that actually support homosexuality. Then what you've just done is you've actually believed propaganda. Because there has been research upon research upon research that has shown and disproved that there is no gay gene. Okay? So it says here, um, the only gay gene that I know of is gay gene Robertson, who is uh, the, the Episcopal priest. That was supposed to be funny people, but whatever it says here across cultures between two and five percent of men are gay <clears throat> it's actually between one and three percent so this author gets it wrong even there uh, that amounts to an evolutionary paradox gay men have fewer children so one would expect that the trait would disappear over time but it hasn't oh really now gay men have fewer children really <laughs> wow that's not surprising Gay men don't have children. Well, I mean, they can. They can father children. They can father them, but, I mean, they can't. Well, anyway, it says here, anyway, yeah. now a team of researchers has carried out the largest ever genetic study of sexual orientation and found evidence consistent with one possible explanation. The very same genetic factors that predispose people to being gay may also, when heterosexuals have them, lead to more sexual partners and greater mating success. Mating success. Hmm. Okay, now. <sighs> Details of the unpublished study. 
No, unpublished. <laughs> have been described in a public research plan in two scientific abstracts and by researchers at a scientific meeting held in June at the Broad Institute at Genome Research Center in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Can anything good come out of Massachusetts? Mitt Romney, the father of gay marriage in America, that the rhinos in power wanted actually to put up as a Republican conservative candidate many years ago up against Mike Huckabee. You remember that? And then Mike got bolted, and then they put in John McCain, another rhino. And the only reason John McCain got it is because of Sarah Palin. Yeah. Anyway. The hunt for sexual orientation genes, which wades into the polarizing question of whether people are born gay or become so, is part of a boom in genome, genome, genomics. I don't, I'm not saying that right. Genomics. Genomics. I don't speak well. Research that aims to unveil how genes shape behavior, not just diseases. Powering the new social genetics are huge databases, including the British government-funded UK Biobank and the DNA of millions of customers collected by 23andMe, a consumer gene testing company. Scientists have begun using the mass of data to successfully probe the genetic basis of a surpassing range of behaviors from smoking to insomnia, intelligence, marijuana use, and even time spent watching television. The research is at its most sensitive when it touches on sexual orientation, which is a made-up thing, by the way. Sexual orientation doesn't exist, people. You think it does because you've been told it over and over. Oh, this is my sexual or orientation. No, God made you a man or a female or a male, period. You choose who you have sexual issues. It's a behavior. It's not an orientation. Orientation is when you go to college, you sit there, and then you listen to what they're going to tell you the whole semester. That's orientation. Or when you go to your job and they put you through orientation so that you can learn about what your job's going to be like. That's what, or there is no sexual orientation. Just so you know, it's fake. It's, it's made up. You need to stop using this language because it's, mm -hmm. it's made up. Drives me crazy. <laughs> anyway, Jeffrey Reed, who is head of genome informatics at Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm, and who is gay, of course, says he's concerned about how such discoveries are discussed in the press. That could have an outsized impact on already vulnerable people, he says. Supposedly, clear evidence of a genetic basis for homosexuality may lead a parent to deem their gay son irrevocably broken and eject him from their life. Reed says, alternatively, maybe some evidence of a genetic basis of homosexuality may lead a parent to embrace their child as God made them or lead someone struggling out of darkness and into self-acceptance. Because the work could be controversial, the team behind the new gene hunt opted to post their research plan online in 2017. They described their intent to perform a genome-wide association study, a technical technique originally developed to locate genetic susceptibilities to diseases like macular degeneration and diabetes. But instead of scouring for associations between people's illnesses and features of their genomes, they would carry out a vast statistical analysis comparing the DNA of hundreds of thousands of people with information about their sexual behavior. Aha! They used the term sexual behavior. It's already well known that being gay is partly genetic. That is such a lie. It's a lie, lie, lie. It's a lie. 
It is not partly genetic. That is a lot. This whole thing is full of lies. Anyway, as in other behaviors, genes play a role. Yet earlier attempts to identify specific genes involved were by and large unsuccessful. I wonder why. <laughs> That's mainly because there wasn't enough genetic data available. The new study is about 10 times larger than any previous effort. With these large sample sizes, we are finally discovering things we can actually kind of count on being true says Michael Bailey, a psychologist at Northwestern University who studies sexuality and who's a pervert. Have you ever had sexual intercourse with someone of the same sex? A question posed to volunteers by the UK Biobank. This article says nothing about what they're purporting in the headline. Indeed. This you know, is nothing! I think they may find it may backfire on them because as it was stated... <sighs> correctly that you know um in genomics you know genome research is usually meant to find uh, susceptibilities to diseases whatever you know such as macular degeneration whatever so those things can be treated now i know they're looking to find uh, their motivation to find a basis hey we were born this way that's our i agree aaron this article is terrible it's but on it, technologyreview.com, by the way. But let's let's say you know they have some confidence and that they found a genetic link, you know, you know, in DNA to sexual behavior. Well, aren't there going to be those who will want to treat that and find a cure for the genetic, you know, the genetic defect, or is it going to be a genetic, uh, not a. <sighs> A genetic have, advancement. These have, people have this advanced, you know, DNA that makes them... How dare you bring up a cure for homosexuality? You're so evil. But, but I mean, if they, if they find what if, they're if, looking for, yeah. it's going to bring that up. I well, mean, that's going to be... Well, sure. It's going to beg that question. Because every single homosexual, okay, most honest homosexuals, at least everyone I've ever met, no, basically say that they didn't choose it, that if they could, they wouldn't be that way. That's why so many actually change it, right? So here's the truth. If if it was genetic and it's not, but if it was, would they then get the cure, like what you're saying? They would have no excuse, right? Yeah, they there's, a way to, they, there's they, a way to treat it, yeah. Right, then they couldn't be the victims that they purport to be. And I'm primarily, I'm not talking to every homosexual lesbian. What I'm talking about is the activist community, yeah, when, which is out there dancing around in the rainbow underwear and, you know, trying to get the whole world to see if that they're, they're wearing normal. underwear. Well, right. Yeah. But, um, you know, when a, when a, when a, you know, genetic deep, uh, genetic predisposition, I can speak, really can. You're, is you're dis- turning into me. Is discovered for something like macular degeneration. That's right. Sure. Anyway, so you know, when a, a genetic predisposition is discovered for, let's say, macular degeneration or leukemia or something like that, there's additional research done to see how to prevent that um, genetic predisposition. So if they go and they research, they wow, they find that you know they find the the grail of of their you know, genetic predisposition to 
to same-sex, you know, behavior, will the research continue then to try to find, you know, it's like, okay, we found what we're looking for, research stops. Right. I mean, it doesn't happen with any other genetic research. Or are they going to find a way how look to find a way to infuse that genetic occurrence, you know, do gene splicing so they can make more homosexual people? Wow. You know, I think, you know, while they're... While they're make uh, more homosexual people? Yeah. Make more people homosexual by, you know, genetic engineering. Gotcha. If, in fact, that's so... So, I get their motivation. They're looking for a justification for their behavior. Well, okay, But if they wait. find it, I think it's going to come back to bite them on the backside. Okay, well, I get that. But at the same time, what people need to understand is that they, the people who introduced the AIDS virus intentionally they actually introduced the aids virus which was originally named grid gay related immune deficiency syndrome okay they changed the name to take gay out and they made it acquired immune deficiency syndrome right so this virus was actually introduced specifically to the homosexual population in order to wipe the population of homosexuals out that is the truth, and of course... Or at least to experiment with the virus. Yeah. Yeah. And you notice how you, you notice how in the 80s, okay, when this became a big thing, right? Oprah Winfrey was on there touting Kinsey's fallacious or ridiculous research and stuff. And um, Anyway, you notice that we don't hear much about the AIDS crisis anymore? You notice? Why is that? Remember when we did the AIDS quilts and AIDS hands across America and all that stuff to support the AIDS community and all those who are dying of AIDS? I actually know people, former homosexuals, who should have been dead because they slept with numerous people that ended up dying of AIDS. Okay, So it's nothing to, to uh, you know, do. On a, on a different note completely different. Twyla Parrish just updated her Facebook page, Bareface. Yeah. And it says here, Sayla was live. It says, honoring Twyla Parrish for a Lifetime Achievement Award. Amy Perry singing How Beautiful. There's a surprise hmm. midway through. Hint, the person who wrote How Beautiful. Who wrote that? Do you know? Was it Twyla? Yes. Ah, should we play the video? Oh, it's uh, four minutes. I can play it. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Do you have something not turned on? Do I have something turned on? Yeah, the volume's turned up. I'm not hearing anything. I hear it as you're playing it. Oh. Gotcha. Might help if I put my headset back in. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, this is Sayla. Right. Complete switch of conversation here. We had we interviewed Twyla Paris twice on our show. In case you didn't know that, put a one if you know who Twyla is.
I guess this is somebody from Sayla singing this. I guess Twyla's going to come up pretty soon. <laughs> I don't see her yet. It was super cool to interview her, by the way. That interview is in our Blog Talk Radio archives. sang one of her songs at my wedding. Not the harmony. <laughs> Randall had a massive crush on Twyla Paris. I think if he met Twyla before me, he would have married her. <laughs> Watching this. I know. You're staring at me. <laughs> Remember when we interviewed her twice? Yes, I do. It was the highlight of your life, wasn't it? No. I mean, I enjoyed it. it. wasn't the highlight. <laughs> so it sounds like Twyla joined. Yeah, she did. Yep. Um, yep. I told everybody that you would have married her if you met her before me. Well, no. I think she was married by the time... Uh, well, you know, if she didn't marry whoever that guy was, she married. And if frogs had wings. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. All right. Okay, hey, Ariel Ministries is our sponsor, in case you forgot. You may have forgotten. Hopefully, Don't forget. Hopefully you didn't. Don't forget. You can, guys can go save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. Say it with me, Bible News. Um, and I would encourage you to get the historical survey of Israel, the DVD thingy. I can't wait to get it. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to send it to me. How about we uh, show folks that? Okay. Head over to the resources page, mm -hmm. and you'll see there the globe with all the yep. photos on it. The historical geographical study, Israel DVD tour. Mm -hmm. Yep. How many of you guys have been to Israel in our audience? We've been there once. 
that was an epic trip of a lifetime. But don't worry, we're gonna be spending eternity. Well, we'll be we'll be hanging out with the Jews for a long time. Um, in, in New Jerusalem. Also, I'm super excited to let you know that pretty soon we're gonna be uh, Harvest House has donated some books to us. That's not me. You're making all kinds of noise over there. Sorry, I forgot to turn down my volume. <laughs> my bad. Uh, you want to? Cool, yeah. Israel looks like California. So if you want to see Israel, just go to California. True story, it's desert. Yeah, Southern California. Anyway, Doug Striking Hershey. resemblance. Doug Hershey is also giving me some books that we're going to be selling very affordably to you. Uh, and so we have some opportunities to give you opportunity to support our show and get something in return for it. Um would be kind of cool what else was I gonna oh yeah if you want to be a pillar of the community you can do that <laughs> oops <laughs> excuse me um and yeah you can <laughs> and by the way I want to thank everybody that has donated to us to help us kind of recoup the cost of this trip we went on yes um, thank you I have to tell you that um, some new people donated, so you guys know who you are, and I want to thank you. We're still about, I'm going to say, we were $800 short. Now we're about, I think about 550 bucks short. So if anybody wants to donate extra, or if you're new and you like our show and you've never donated to our show, um, you know, sharing the show out and all that's super cool, but... You know, if you watch and you listen all the time, you can give us 10 or 15 bucks or 20 bucks or 500 bucks or a million bucks. That's welcome. <laughs> Whatever God lays on your heart. Uh, we will be more than happy to thank you for it and, and thank the Lord for it. Because, uh, you know, he does provide. And actually, that's, that's, that's why prayer is so important. Hey, Nat. Nuggets by Nat is here. Yeah, you are. Glad you're here. Thank you for those hearts. Thank you for the hearts. Yeah. Makes me feel so loved. Yeah, it does. Oh, also Legal Shield. If you guys haven't signed up yet for Legal Shield to get yourself protected, get your will done. Uh, you guys need to get your will done. I actually learned about probate last night. I don't know if you guys know, know what probate is. <laughs> you probably do. Me, sometimes I'm on the slow on the uptake. Um, but in the event that you die, it doesn't matter if you are single or married, doesn't matter. Um, if you don't have a will, your assets are going to go into probate, which means that uh, the state will figure out how they want to get rid of your stuff. And, you know, if you have family members, they might want to fight over it and stuff. Um, if you have animals, you need, and to of have course. A, you need to have your will, your animals. By the way, Mia, I'm going to give you my animals too, just so I know. And, and of course... Um, <laughs> I'm putting you in my will, Mia, for my animals and um, and some other people also uh, offered to take in those, over In those states that are probate states, which are many... See, okay, so the, Nuggets this, by Nat just said just went through, through probate. It's not cheap. Well, and that's why... Legal Shield is important because with Legal Shield and your if you're not a member, I really want to encourage you to become a member with me, okay? Your parents didn't have a will. There you go. And you know what? Most people don't. And there's no excuse if you get Legal Shield because look, 
Legal Shield for twenty four ninety five a month. A month. That's it. It's like twenty five bucks a month. You can get your will done, and they update it every single year for free. Okay. And that membership isn't just getting your will done. It's getting a whole bunch of other stuff. You get member perks and stuff. So if you have not signed up for Legal Shield yet, please contact me and let me get you signed up. Not because I'm going to make a gazillion dollars, because I'm actually not. But in the long run, it's going to help you out. And you really don't want to leave your family in a mess. I was actually talking to a guy at the conference, and he was telling me he's divorced, has children. Um, he doesn't have a will. You know, Aretha Franklin didn't have a will and she left behind what? $8 million or 30 million bucks or something. I mean, that's insane. That's insane. And a will is so easy to do. And those of you who are already members of Legal Shield, get your wills done. Do it. Just stop putting it off. Fill it out the questionnaire. Have your attorney, you know, per law provider. Just do it and get it done. It's important. Um, and then identity theft protection as well, $9.95 a month per for indi indi individual. And if you have a family, if you're married uh, and you have children, it covers up to eight children for that $25. Bucks. So it's super affordable. You know, basically for you as a married couple and, you know, an individual, or, or, you know, it's $35. Bucks. A month that's the best insurance that you can get honestly and you will use your attorney if you learn how to use the attorney see we're trained not to use attorneys that's why most of us are like ah whatever I don't need it you know what you do need it that's the thing you actually do I've used my attorney law firm about six times already since I've had it and a couple of the times were because I had to have them write a letter to somebody to you know get money back because I was stolen Got, got ripped off. Um, other time it had to do with my dad dealing with stuff. And when he, when he dies, I'm going to end up having to use him again, of course. Which I, you know, I'm not looking forward to that day. But, you know, it's, it's very affordable. And the reason why Legal Shield was created was for that very reason. Because the guy that Harlan Stone Cipher, who created Legal Shield in 1972, came up with the idea because he was hit by a woman who, in a, in a car accident. And she sued him, even though it was her fault. And he found a hole in the legal system. And basically what he did was he filled that hole. Um, and, you know, so this is, a, this is a very legitimate company. It's been around since 1972. Um, identity theft protection. ID Shield is the best identity theft protection on the market. Don't believe other people when they say it's not, because it is. And we have a $5 million guarantee and it covers 65 pieces of identity theft, including your social security passport, etc. You have to put it in, and it and it gives you uh, um, ID Shield Vault, which protects your password and all that. And the private investigators from Kroll, should anything happen, actually will fix it for you. You don't have to do any of that. Whereas a lot of these other services, they make you do it. And they go, oh, just freeze your credit, which is the stupidest thing you can do because you should never freeze your credit, okay? So, yeah, so if you're, you know, if you want to sign up, sign up now. <laughs> Don't delay. Um, actually, sign up before October is over because that would, you know, sign up through me, though, because, <laughs> you know, because it would help us out. I'm actually trying to earn my bonus, just so you know. 
I'm being honest. I mean, it, it helps because you only get paid a little bit when somebody signs up, but then when you get the bonus, it helps out a little bit. So, you know, if you're wanting to do that before you can, this month would be a good month to do it. Especially since identity theft in particular is super rampant and also the end of the year is coming and you know that it's going to get even worse with Christmas and all the holidays. So just contact me directly. Of course, I'm going to need you to pray for my finances. Uh, I guarantee you probably make more than me if you're working a regular job. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Hey, part, the blessings don't necessarily come with this, but with the ID Shield and Legal Shield membership, you guys get perks. There's a lot of perks depending on who your cell phone from provider is and, you know, other things like that. Um, I, I've saved money all the time using perks. In fact, I think I've saved close to $500 already using perks. So the membership will pay for itself if you use it. And if you know how to use it, it will totally pay for itself. And if you just ignore your perks, then you're going to lose out. But my goal when you sign up under me is to make sure you know about the perks. I put you in my Facebook group. I try to remind people what's going on uh, and all that. And if you want to make some extra money and you want to learn how to sell it and learn about the product, then contact me and I'll sign you up to be on my team um, because you can actually make money. I've made my money back like five times over. It's a $99 investment. So, uh, but you have to do the work. You can't just go, oh, yeah. I'm going to, ooh, I signed up. Now I'm making money. No, you have to actually talk to people about it and, you know, and all that. So, and I have a great team. Vicki is, is, um, Vicki is doing our training for us. Okay, can you text the link? That's yours. Yes, my link is, um, actually, if you just tweet me, Aaron. Actually, I, I have your phone number, right? You just signed up for my text thing. I will, um, I will, I will text you, um, with your permission. I'll just text you info right to your phone after the show if you want. Because I know who you are. Because you gave me your phone number. So. And. I'm not, I'm not sure how that. How you say that. But. Um, yeah. Anyway. So Randall. Do you have any. Do you have any. Um, final thoughts. For the uh, week. It's been a busy week. We broadcasted. Even though we are all super tired. Yeah. It's uh, definitely been a busy week. With. With. Uh, playing catch up the week we were out of state I'm we gonna went to bed last I'm night about sneeze. 9 o'clock <laughs> me and Randall actually went to bed super early mm. last night because we were so tired I almost got 8 hours full of sleep which is unheard of I actually uh, usually get about 5 to 6 hours tops yeah yeah I got over 7 last night I almost so. got 8 I was like whoa alright no um, no um, nothing really to add what? Okay. Well, yeah, we should probably so, wrap this up anyway. Yeah, so next week we're going to go ahead and play some more of these interviews. Yeah, we are. You guys are going to be blessed by these interviews that we did at the Prophecy Watchers Conference. You really will. Um, and the theme as you watch them all, you'll see it. You'll go, oh, mm-hmm. And I wish I could tell you uh, that. So, same life, have little ones, oh, to sleep again. <laughs> there you go. Well, if you have little ones and no will, you should really get your will done because you don't want them to go into probate or whoever will end up in their care. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it. I hate the, you know, it sounds so morbid. Oh, you need to get a will done. But with today's 
terrorist attacks and freak accidents and weird things happening, you never know and your number is up. And that's not a, you know, not to, to be morbid or anything, but you just don't. You don't. I mean, I had a friend a couple years ago. She was with the Gideons and she actually went to the hospital. She actually went to the hospital to get a checkup. And when she was at the hospital, she died of a heart attack. She was doing perfectly fine. You know, um, in the last couple of months, we've heard of a couple of people died who have died and they were like under 40. One of my friends in Florida, his brother died and he was 39. I mean, you just don't know. So that's why I was super happy when I made 50. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm 50. Now I can join AARP legitimately. So <laughs> anyway, be bold, everybody. Stand up and go with God. You know why? Because he loves you. And I guess Randall will be back for weekends in the word tomorrow or whenever, sometime. And maybe a little bit late. Or... Yeah, we'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, if you need anything, you know where we're at, okay? All right. Talk to you soon.